day by day. It's a song that our family's been working on, preparing for this day ever since, well, before it actually hit the music schedule. And how appropriate that it land on such a week where it is moment by moment and day by day for all of us. And in some ways, it's hard for us to even sing the song because do we believe it? Day by day with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. We know that's true by experience. But not only by experience, I declare to you this morning with absolute confidence, regardless of what your experience may be, it's absolutely true based upon the authority of the Word of God. Day by day, He gives us the strength that we need. This song was written in the middle of the 19th century. The lady who wrote it is famous in Sweden, though in English we really only have two of her hymns that have become common. But in Sweden, there are over 2,000 songs that she wrote. She was known and is known in Sweden as the Fanny Crosby of Sweden. She has an interesting life. She was a frail child and very weak. In fact, she was partly paralyzed. Doctors, experts thought she would never walk. She would never rise up from her bed. But one Sunday, her father, who was a Lutheran pastor, came home, found her dressed and walking around. And she began, about that age, to begin to know God personally. Her and her father became involved in a fanatic religious movement. Wait till you hear what it was. It was a group of people who were pietist. That means they had a piety, and the name was given them to mock them because they believed they could have a personal relationship with Jesus. They could have a real relationship that was personal and connected with Jesus. And sadly, in that part of the world, in this particular situation of the Lutheranism, it had, it had become a stale religion. It had become a state religion. And she became one of the leaders in calling people back to biblical Christianity through the songs that she wrote. Two of her most famous in English are the ones that we just sang day by day. And then the other, you've probably heard of it, Children of the Heavenly Father. Well, as she began to grow, she was still frail. She was still weak. Her three sisters and brother, they were active and would play outside and all the fun things that children do. But she found herself, most of the time, in her father's study, surrounded by his books. He taught her Latin, Italian, German, she already knew Swedish, German, and English. And she became a, became a little student of everything, and she began to write poems at a young age. She was first published at the age of 16, again published at the age of 21, and then that was just the, took off from there. But her life was not always easy. When she was 26 years old, she went with her father to sail across the lake there in Sweden to go, I believe it was, to a Bible conference. 
and it was an uneventful day until her father fell overboard. The ship lurched, they were standing along the rail, and he fell over, and there was nothing anyone could do. And as they sought to rescue him, she watched her father drowned in the waters below. Many have looked back at that event, including herself, and considered how such a tragedy shaped her songs. Shaped her songs. A few years later, she wrote this song that is most famous in English, Day by Day. Will you take your hymnals and turn to hymn number 529 with me? Let's look at the words of this song. Day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here. Trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I've no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is kind beyond all measure gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Every day the Lord himself is near me with a special mercy for each hour. All my cares he gladly bears and cheers me, he whose name is Consular and Power. The protection of his child and treasure is a charge that on himself he laid. As your days your strength shall be in measure, this the pledge to me he made. Help me then in every tribulation so to trust your promises, O Lord, that I lose not faith's sweet consolation offered me within your holy word. Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting, ere to take, as from a father's hand, one by one, the days, the moments fleeting, till I reach the promised land. You can imagine in the sorrow of losing her father the heartache that came from this. She was so love, in love with Jesus that when a man came around and wanted to marry her, she refused him over and over and over. And eventually he persuaded her, and they were married. They were excited. She became with child, expecting to give birth to a precious baby. And when the day of delivery came, the baby was born dead. And you can imagine how just the year before her marriage, she had written this song. He gives unto each day what he deems best, lovingly. It's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Did she still believe it? She did. She continued to write songs to the praise and glory of God. Many of them carried themes of suffering and trial. She lived a life in spite of the heartache, day 
by day. She loved children. She was never able to have children again. She invested and poured her life into her nieces and nephews. Her publishing company was first and foremost publishing of children's literature in Sweden, in addition to her songs. And she lived day by day and lived a long life, relatively speaking. In her time, the average life expectancy was 40 years old. Well, she blew past that and lived to 70. And she lived it day by day till, as she ended this song, she reached the promised land. The music to this song was written by a friend of hers. You can see his name there, Oscar, and I have no idea how to pronounce his last name. Anfelt, maybe? Well, Mr. Oscar... He was also one of these pious people who believed you could actually have a relationship with Jesus. And he was going about with his 10-string guitar all the way across Sweden, actually all of Scandinavia, those nations up there. And he was singing songs about Jesus. Well, what was intriguing is that in this broke out a revival, and much of it was tied to these songs of revival, these songs of truth that were spreading throughout Scandinavia. Well, you know what that did? It made the state church leaders furious. They were irate because people were getting saved. Well, their religion was in many respects dead. And so, as a state church, what do you think they did? Well, they're the state church. Who's their power? The king, of course. I don't mean King Jesus. No, they had another king they went to. His name was King Carl IV. And they went to King Carl IV, and they said, this guy has got to stop singing Sandel's songs. In fact, he just has to stop singing, period. And they petitioned King Carl IV to forbid him from preaching, not only in Sweden, from which he was king over, but he was also king over Norway. They just wanted this guy banished from singing. Imagine somebody issuing a decree that you can't sing. That kind of sounds interesting. How would you do that? Well, anyway, the king wisely said, um, I think I need to hear this guy. And so he ordered Oscar to come to the palace and sing for him. Now, put yourself in Oscar's shoes. The king, who has been petitioned by the most powerful people in the kingdoms, has demanded you stop singing, and your entire life is singing. In fact, um, Lena Sandel said that he was, she would write the songs, and he was the one who would sing them into the hearts of the people. And so here he is, summoned by the king to sing before him. What would you do? Well, you know what he did? He wrote his friend and said, I have to sing to the king. Write me a song. And so she did just that. And she wrote him a song specially for the king. And do you know what her theme was? Jesus is standing at the door knocking in the peaceful evening. Will you let him in? And so Oscar came before that king with his ten-string guitar and he sang this specially commissioned song for the king. How did the king respond? Well, with tears in his eyes, he came down to Oscar, 
clasped his hands and said to him, don't stop singing. You have my permission to sing as much as you want in both my kingdoms. And so what was accomplished was the exact opposite of what the state church leaders had petitioned the king for. Instead of silencing this gospel singer, he was actually given royal authorization to proceed to sing forth truths from the scripture throughout both kingdoms. And he did just that. It was an amazing revival that actually still impacts Sweden today. There's different historians and people you'll read and find and even pop artists in Sweden today who will sing her songs. And even though they don't always believe what she has actually wrote or what they're singing about, they can't help but acknowledge the power that's in her songs and in the melodies written by Oscar. We don't think of Sweden as all that great of a religious state today. In fact, they're not. They're one of the most godless states in all of Europe. But yet, this truth that she preserved in that day spread across the world here to America. And if we would but believe the truth, would it still make a difference? So I think of this. She began to write this because it was very much in a world in which religion was outward form. You would go to church. You would hear a homily. You would partake of communion. You would go home. Drunkenness in this part of uh, in, in Sweden, in this part of history, was awful. In fact, even the leaders, her own father, before he was truly saved, as a Lutheran pastor, was also a drunkard. And when he actually got saved, he became one of the prominent leaders in the temperance movement throughout Sweden. Lives changed. Is our religion just dead? Is our religion just something that is outward, or is it real? Is it real day by day? We have an adversary who is always firing darts at us, seeking to discourage us, seeking to tear us down with guilt. We also have our own flesh to contend with, which is always leading us in desires of our own way, and leading us astray. Do we call back to the absolute reliance and dependability of God's Word? In the moments of temptation, in the moments of hate and bitterness, in the moments of fear, in the moments of pain, do we live it moment by moment, trusting in our God. Psalm 37, 39 says, but the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. If you look here in the song, you'll notice that there's one little phrase that's in quotations. Do you see that near the end of the second verse? It's a promise. He declared, the, the, Lena declared, um, the protection of his child and treasure 
is a charge that on himself he laid. And then she quotes, As your days, your strength shall be in measure. This the pledge to me he made. Does that sound familiar to you? I'll be really candid with you. I couldn't think of where it came from. But if you take your Bibles and turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 33, you'll come to the Song of Moses, where Moses is blessing each of the 12 tribes of Israel. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of incredible, amazing things in this that include prophecies. But it's really interesting as he comes to the very end and he comes to Asher in Deuteronomy 33 and verse 24. He makes some strange statements and he ends with this promise. Deuteronomy 33, 24 says, And of Asher he said, Let Asher be blessed with children. Let him be acceptable to his brethren and let him dip his foot in oil. Thy shoes shall be iron and brass. And as thy days, so shall thy strength be. Now, some of you might say, boy, I sure do not want iron shoes and brass shoes. How heavy and laborious would that be? The point here is not heavy. The point here is durable. They won't wear out. They'll be like brass or iron. Now, I don't know about you, but I go through shoes pretty fast. And I wouldn't want brass or iron shoes. That doesn't work. But I sure would like shoes that last. And here he's making a blessing of them, that shoes that would last. But what I like you to bring your attention to is that last phrase, where it says, as thy days, so shall thy strength be. As Lena in her song, Day by Day, amplified this, she wrote, as your days, your strength shall be in measure. You see, God has said and even limited our lifespans. You do know that in the beginning, human beings were created not with an average life expectancy of 40 years or 70 years or 80 years or 100 or 120 years or even 1,000 years. Life expectancy in the Garden of Eden was forever. Imagine that. Forever. God's design didn't have pain and suffering and death in it. Life was forever. No end. No end. And strength for each day. But we do know that as time went by, God actually did limit that. You remember he said that life will be 70 years, and if by reason of strength, 80. Have you ever heard that? And if you look at the world where there is general peace and health, that's about what it is. 70, and if by reason of strength, 80. Why by reason of strength? You see, each day that God gives, He gives the strength to go with it. You see that? In watching all three of the grandparents I knew, 
up in their 80s and then in their 90s, the strength declined. But in all of it, as this teaches, when there is life, God will give the strength for that day. And he did. And he does. He gives the strength that is according to the days. And he gives the days that are according to the strength. Where do we find the strength? Where do we find the strength? I think my dad's watching, although he, my mom heard what I was going to preach on, and she says, I'm watching Tim. <laughs> I don't know what she ended up doing. <laughs> In case you don't know, Tim's my brother. He preaches at a different church. We have so many things that give us strength in our days. Strong bones. My dad doesn't have strong bones. I was absolutely horrified this week to see the CAT scan of his bones. The cancer has just eaten them alive. I can't even believe he still functions. They're just so, so gone. Cancer is either spread or there's new cancer in the liver in the colon. He's been bleeding for three weeks. Scripture says life is in the blood. He is so weak. Came by his house this week and he was in his wheelchair. So where's the strength come from? Because this body is failing every single day. Dad, if you're watching, where's your strength come from? comes from the Lord. That's where all of our strength comes from. We may have good bones and we may have a strong heart. That's one thing dad does have. They say he's got a heart like a young man. That's probably because all the Parkinson's shaking. He's always exercising. But it doesn't matter if you have a weak or a strong heart or weak or strong bones or your liver's covered in tumors. Where's our strength come from day by day? You see, there's more than just physical strength. There is a spiritual strength that actually never has to get weaker. It can always be strong because he is omnipotent. He is omnipotent. And even though we may face trials, and worry and fear, pain, toil, in it, we can be strong in Jesus Christ. First Peter 5, 7, as well as Psalm 55, 22, commands us to cast all our care upon him, for he cares for us. In fact, it's more than just cast all your care upon him. It's worded this way, casting all your care upon him. For he careth 
for you. In the second verse there of her song, she wrote, All my cares he gladly bears and cheers me, he whose name is Consular and Power. That's a reference to our Lord Jesus Christ. Day by day and with each passing moment, our moments are passing. In the last verse, she wrote, the moments fleeting. One by one, the days, the moments fleeting, till I reach the promised land. You see, in the midst of our weakness, our pain, our struggle, we have a hope. We have a hope for the promised land. This wasn't actually my themed sermon I was going to preach today. I had a different sermon in mind. But with all that was going on this week, I spent a lot of time here for my own soul, for my family. And I thought I'd share it with all of you. And then I looked... I worked on the bulletin on Monday. There was no big deal. Everything was great on Monday. In fact, the songs for today were picked out long before Monday. <laughs> Did you see the beauty of the songs, of how they flowed in of this week? To refocus our focus on our God and on eternity. What is tomorrow? What is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. When my kids blow out their birthday candles, this is the verse I quote, as the little, the little swirl of smoke just, it's there, that vapor. It's there, you blow it out, and it's just there. It's gone, just, just there. What is life? That's what it is. I think that's why we blow out candles, unless somebody else can give me a better reason. I don't know of any other reason. We blow out candles so we can see that vapor and say, there's my life, that's what I got left. Even when you're a little one, that's what you got left. This week, we celebrated a birthday. But you know, it was one of the hardest birthdays we ever celebrated. Would you agree with that, Hopi? It's Hopi's 11th birthday on Thursday. We celebrate birthdays in our house. We invite grandmas and grandpas over to a birthday dinner. Thursday morning, Dad went in for this procedure that was supposed to take 20 minutes, two hours in the regroup room to make sure everything's okay, and back home. He had his agenda planned. He went in. Procedure, moved off to the procedure, came back, fully alert, wanted a latte. No, you can't have a latte. Wanted, um, wanted making plans. He was going to go to Hopi's birthday party that night. Next day, he was going to go to the fair. Jonathan, his oldest grandson, was going to get an award. And it was that there were the plans. Now, he didn't make the birthday party, and he didn't make the fair. But it was kind of interesting because <laughs> I was at the hospital on Thursday processing through all of this, trying to comfort and be with my mom. 
and this song came to me. Look there at the end of the first verse. Gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure. Mingling toil with peace and rest. All on the same day, we were faced with the prospect of death. Thank God it didn't come that day. And celebrating life. But yet considering in it the joys and the sorrow. Were we going to go to the fair on Friday? I almost decided let's postpone it. But then I thought of this. No, wait. God had me purposefully plan and shift my schedule this week so that I took my day off instead of on Tuesday, took it off on Friday. Let's go to the fair. Let's go and celebrate Hopi's birthday. And as I sat there that night, did you all notice that your poppy was in a whole other world as he sat at the supper table? Was that obvious? Mama, was that obvious? It was obvious. I knew I was. I, I, I was there, but I, I, I wasn't there. This is partly where my brain was as I was trying to regroup back. You know, God gives us sorrow, but he also gives us joy. A few weeks back, we learned about comfort, didn't we? I appreciated Brianna, and we did that word search, concordance search. She identified Jacob. He refused to be comforted. You know, day by day means that there is the pain and the sorrows. And we sometimes want to misery in them. But in the strength of each day of the sorrows, God does give comfort. And will we refuse to be comforted? Or will we receive the day by day comfort? See, sometimes I'm seeking just for myself here, but I think I'm not, it's not uncommon to me, but common to man. That we sing this song day by day, and we think of it in the perspective of the worry and fear, trials, pain, toil. You see all the words I'm calling out here? tribulation, toil and trouble. <laughs> Could I insert word? Death. We focus on those, but you see, in spite of all of those, which are all results of the sin curse, God has promised to be a comfort. God has promised to be our joy. God has promised to be our peace. Do we in the day-by-day day see and experience only the negative? Or are we also seeking to receive the positive? Sometimes in our unbelief, we won't look to the promises. I don't know what your worries and fears are today, 
or all the negative things. You know them. It might be a good idea for you just right now to identify it in your own mind. What are the pains, the worries, the fears, the trials, the tribulations? Identify them. What are yours? What are those things that are troubling you, that are stealing your peace or your joy? And then, could I encourage you to do kind of as this song has declared, to call upon the promises of your Lord and God? to trust His promises, to not lose faith's sweet consolation, comfort, the comfort that is offered in His holy word. All of the promises of God are yea and in Him, amen. You know what that means? That's a scripture verse from 2 Corinthians 1. All the promises of God are yea and in Him. Amen. That means that they're guaranteed. That means that in the moment you're feeling lonely, you can say, Amen. Jesus said He'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's right here. That means that when you're feeling weak, you can say, Yay. Amen. Jesus said He is my strength. He will uphold me. When you're in sorrow, you can say yay and amen to the promise of God that he is the comforter and the one who gives peace that doesn't make human sense. It's so amazing. You can say yay and amen to all of the promises of God. This is one reason why if we're going to live day by day, we have to be living day by day, abiding in his word and his word abiding in us. You know why? Because in them we find the yay and amens of his promises. And when the doubts and fears and worries come, we can find the promises of hope in his word. And we can, even through tears, cry, yay and amen. God keeps his promises. Would you take your Bibles and turn with me over to Matthew chapter 6? There's one little phrase in this song. that you might hiccup on. I do. I can guarantee you my mom is these last few days. You see the fourth line of the first verse, or the first fourth phrase? I've no cause for worry or for fear. How many of you ever argue with God? There's a few of you willing to admit it. You know why it's okay to argue with God? Now, be careful when I say okay. Don't run away with that. 
Depends how well we'll get there. Why? If you go read the Psalms, do you see David all the time arguing with God? You know, this sounds very poetic in English. I have no cause for worry or for fear. You know what my heart says? Yes, I do! Yes, I do! But you know how often we just sing that? When we sing this song? And we just sing it? Is that really honest for us to sing it that way? Now, let me give you caution. Even if you have objections to things... It's the best antidote for it is to speak truth to yourself. And so don't get caught up in this idea that says, well, I'm not going to sing this because I don't really believe it today. Let me tell you, if you have to rephrase it, speak the truth to yourself because that's the very thing you need to believe it to move forward. Speak the truth. But are there causes for worry or for fear. There sure are. There's lots of reasons we can worry and we can fear. But you see, I just ripped that little phrase out of the song out of context, didn't I? It comes right after the phrase, trusting in my Father's wise bestowment, I've no cause for worry or for fear. You see, when we take our eyes off the cause for worry and fear, and we shift it to the sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing God, then we can truly say, in all honesty, I've no cause for worry or for fear. You know what the antidote or the solution, the healing for worry and fear is? Stop looking at the cause and look to the Father. The healing for worry and fear is stop looking at the causes for the worry and fear and start looking to the Father, your heavenly Father. Which takes us to Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus gave us this very wise counsel. This is the Sermon on the Mount. Last verse of chapter 6, Jesus commands, I think we need to recognize it, that it's a command Write that next to it. Command. Take therefore. Well, what's the therefore therefore? Oh, that means we got to back up a little bit. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things, all things, shall be added unto you. Take therefore. No thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. You see, every day is going to have evil, both moral evil and evil that is trouble and calamity. Every day has it more than we want. Huh. Sufficient unto the day. I think it's more than sufficient. But he says, take no thought for the morrow. Do not worry or be afraid of tomorrow and what tomorrow's trouble and calamity, fears and sorrows will be. They'll be sufficient for tomorrow. You don't have the strength today to worry about tomorrow. Do you know that? You don't have the strength today to worry about tomorrow. 
God has only given you the strength for today. Sometimes only just but for this moment. That's why we can't worry or fear. And when we're tempted to, what's the solution here? Let us seek first. That's priority. First, the kingdom of God. That's His way and His righteousness. And He will meet our needs. He will give us all things that we need. If we need the strength for the day that is physical, He'll give it. And if He doesn't give us the strength we think we need for the day, He will give us the spiritual strength to receive what little we have. He will meet our needs day by day. He will give us what we need. And sometimes we may struggle with what that is. The Apostle Paul wrote about this in one situation where he said he had a thorn in the flesh. It's interesting how though it's not nothing new. Thorns in the flesh, they've been around for a long time, haven't they? The thorns in the flesh. We don't know what Paul's was, but what was Paul's glory, his boasting, when it didn't go away? After he prayed and prayed and prayed and it still didn't go away. He boasted and gloried in this promise, this promise of God, the faith's sweet consolation offered within his holy word. It is that Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. I love the definition Brother Bob gave this morning for grace. It is God giving of all of himself to us through Jesus Christ. We are weak, we are tired, we are dying, and he gives of himself through Jesus Christ, his grace. It is sufficient. It is sufficient. And in fact, it is his strength as the omnipotent God that is made perfect in our weakness. And he doesn't give it tomorrow's today or yesterday's today. He gives it this moment, this passing moment, this fleeting moment, his grace. So will you, with me, glory and boast? Uh-oh. Can I say this? In our infirmities, in our weaknesses, in our sorrows, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Brothers and sisters, you are his child and treasure. He loves you more than you've ever been loved before. So will you today, let's not worry about tomorrow, just today, will today you walk in his strength, live in his power, and take whatever the sorrows and trials may be 
and whatever joys and pleasures may be as from the hand of a loving Father. I think it'd be wonderful for us if we sang both of Lena's songs, Day by Day and then 574. And I encourage you, the children of the Heavenly Father, I encourage you that as we sing, and we'll take a verse or two to just quietly listen as the piano plays and meditate, to consider what are our strengths and what are our weaknesses and what are the promises that God has given in His Word that answers our trial. And dear brothers and sisters, or even if you're not yet a child of God, if there is something that is hurting, that you don't know a promise of God to answer it, will you come as we sing, as I be in the front? I want to seek if I can. And I know that it's here. The promises to answer your very worries or troubles even as we sing or after the service, seek out a Christian who can help you find the promises of God that you can rest in day by day that will overcome your fears and trials. Don't be too proud to say, I don't know. But you know what also some of us have a problem with? We know so much that we're too proud to admit we need it. Let us actually humble ourselves in what we actually have as struggles and then humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God that we need His mercy, His grace. We need His promises in this very moment. Would you take a moment to meditate, pray, talk to God? number 529, 529, day by day. Day by day and with each passing moment. 
you turn over to 574. If you look to that day of that promised land, take the days one by one, the days, the moments fleeting, looking to that day of being in the promised land. Do you doubt your security in that? Well, as a child of God, there's no reason to doubt. Let's sing. More secure is no one remind you of Lena Sandal. She wrote these words just as a teenager. What he takes or what he gives us shows the Father's love so precious. We may trust his purpose wholly. Tis his children's welfare solely. Consider the fact as a few years later, at just the age of 26, she lost her father. Then a few, two years later, lost her mother. And then a few years later, lost her only baby. Do these words ring? Ring? Did they ring in her mind and heart? As testimony comes from her throughout those times, she still believed and rested in the truth that what he takes or what he gives shows the Father's love so precious. We may trust his purpose wholly, Till his children's, tis his children's welfare solely. If you're a child of God today, know that no matter what you're facing, God's love for you is unchanging. And he's doing what's best. Hope in him, praise him, and glory in his ever, always there grace.
praise him.